Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Punctual I Die podcast. And believe it or not, this is number 34. Yeah. You'll just had to remind me of that. I can't hardly keep track. I'm Tom, one of your hosts, and the sigh in the background you just heard, that's Neil. How are you doing, Neil? <laughs> I'm doing all right. just seems like yesterday since we recorded episode 33. Yeah, yeah. If if, if even that long. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, oh, so what's, what, is the, what does the weather look like outside of your place right now? Fucking miserable, man. It's gray, and it's pouring down with rain. It's miserable. Oh, see, we're not rain, but it's definitely not very nice. So, so, so I, so... We have a guest on today, and I bet you the weather's beautiful where he is, and that's why everybody hates California and Florida, right? <laughs> so our, our, our guest today is a guy that it, it's it's actually a little different because Neil and I really neither of us really know him very well, but it's uh, we've very quickly become a big fan of the label he runs, and uh, so his name is Jason Richardson, and he runs a label called Garage Rock Records. So. Uh, Say hello, Jason, or, or Richie, as your friends call you, which I, I think we're friends now, so we're going to call you Richie. So how you doing, man? Very good, thank you. Appreciate is it. Like, it. Is, hello, it like, hello. Is, is it like 79 degrees and sunny or what? Uh, currently partially cloudy, and it's going to be about 83 degrees oh, today. Oh, so. shut up. <laughs> good Lord. Well, you know, well, that sounds listen, nice. Listen, man. Someday the whole thing will fall into the ocean, Neil, and we'll yep. we'll have the last laugh here in the middle of the you know the middle of the good old USA. Yeah, as youth, so, as youth brigades say, sink with California, right? Exactly. So so the uh, the other thing is it's it's Saturday morning for you, and and it, it's you know you're in the West Coast, obviously. We're in the mm-hmm. Neil's in the Midwest. I'm in the East Coast. We're all in our various you know. You call yourself East Coast, in Michigan? Well, I'm in East Coast time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. No, I'm. I'm on the far west side of like Eastern Standard Time. Yeah, yeah. But I am in Eastern Standard Time, so we're all in our own little times. You know, we're all in our own little pillow fortresses of solitude or whatever. But, but Richie is a real early riser, and Neil is also a real <laughs> early riser. And 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 I mean, you're like a super early riser. So we're talking to you at like nine thirty on a Saturday morning, which is crazy. But you were talking about what an early riser you are, and. How does that work with your rock and roll lifestyle? I assume the shows don't start till like ten o'clock. I mean, you, you just just don't go to bed on days you have to go to work, or what? How, explain to me how how the rock and roll lifestyle works with a guy who gets up at like four in the morning. Naps. That wasn't the, that wasn't the question you're expecting, right? <laughs> no, it wasn't. But naps. Uh, oh, okay. I'm a notorious nap taker. So, like, uh, like on just... the drive home, just. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't do that because I ride a motorcycle, but. Uh... Uh, uh yeah just i make the time it's uh or you just don't <laughs> i tell you what as i as i get older this it annoys me more and more when you'll see bands going on at 10 o'clock and 11 o'clock and shit like that as i get older i'm like where is that written that it has to be like that why can't the band go on at uh, eight listen i have to be home bar, the bars make their money selling liquor and they want you there till two o'clock in the morning i have to be home by asleep by 10 or 10 30 that's just oh, the way it is i've got to be Neil. up at, i've got to be up at five God damn it. Playing in the band, the second spot's always the best. Oh, so, absolutely. Yeah, that's always I, Yeah, yeah. You, you never want to open, you never want to close, but that that second that second on the bill is the best spot you can have. So, because yep. if you, you got to pull band, away yeah. on a weekday night and uh, need to get out early, you can, you know, obviously say your goodbyes and But yeah, only but but, but only dicks leave before the headliner plays. I I, I I, I always know, but I also <laughs> reassure them that somebody from the band would be there. Uh, it might not be me, but I always, you know, you think that's good I enough always just to leave. Try and... Think that's good no, enough I... to just leave the bass player behind, the unemployed bass player. 
I think well, Richie's the um, bass player, aren't you, Richie? You're the bass player, aren't you? Uh, well, yes, I play bass. So. Yeah, see? Oh, well, I was thinking he was a drummer. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Okay, let's 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 rewind this thing. We kind of jumped in midstream. Yeah, here. we did. Yeah. Let's uh, let's you, since like I said, we really don't know much about you. Let's see. So you're uh, you're in the Southern California area. Uh, you grew up there. I mean, what's your? Let's start at the beginning. How much did you weigh when you were born? <laughs> this is our run, this is our running joke. Nine and a half pounds for uh, my mom's four foot nine, so I was a monster. Wow! Uh, you split but, her um, into her sternum. That poor lady. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I always get uh, you know uh, use uh, have that used against me. So um, basically, <laughs> Christmas you know, time, I, your mom's still moaning about your how big you were. Yes. <laughs> I was a uh, I was born in Florida, so I was a, oh. a East Coaster originally, and. Uh, <laughs> Pro, a product of uh, two military dads, so I lived everywhere, mm. and uh, just um, uh, that being my my real dad, and my my stepfather, and constantly being deployed and transferred, and so. But uh, probably around you know junior high, uh, relocated permanently to San Clemente, uh, California, which is South Orange County, and um, went to high school there and. Um, just i've always been an artist and at 14 uh parents got me a bass that's all i wanted and uh uh actually i gotta back that up i lived in a you know san clemente is a really kind of surf skateboard centric um right, right on the ocean right on the ocean and we just had a great scene at the time and uh my neighbors down the street they were all older guys that i looked up to and they they played in a band and uh so we used to me and my buddy used to go over and sit down and um uh watch them rehearse and ended up going to some of their gigs and they just kind of shaped me and influenced uh musically they were a punk rock band and what band was uh, that, Is yeah, that anybody heard of? band called the hitties who i'm actually mm -hmm. uh they are in line i'm going to put out a, a kind of a a full discography record of all their stuff because it was like that moment in time when you know vinyl was so hard to press and yeah. so everybody did cassettes you know must be like early 90s or yeah uh 80s, late 80s 92 i think okay. uh, they had yeah, like vinyl was dead cassette, pretty much three cassette tapes that they had put out and they were on a couple of comps um and uh, they, I just thought they were the shit. I, I really, they kind of shaped me and Brian, their bass player, lived down the street. And he was just a huge influence and just really good dudes. And um, so and it never got properly put out. So that's in the works. Um, just uh, it's that this, a year, this, year you, this year, you think? Uh, well, it. I have a couple of things in line that are going to actually sneak in before them. Cause I'm really trying to do that, that release justice. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I'm trying to track down just, I think two more tracks that I'm looking for. And, uh, so it, it is in, in line and it's, it's something that's going to be really cool for being, you know, over 30 years old now. So, mm -hmm. Um, so, so I mean, I hate, I hate to get too far off topic, but I mean, the, the pressing plants are closed right now, I assume. Right. Uh, I believe so. Well, Rainbow is closed for for permit. Good. Is that who yeah. you were using? No, I actually use uh, Erica, which is right over in um, Buena Park. So, okay. uh, I know that they're closed down for the moment. Um, 
they might they might actually still be pressing because uh it's such a big facility i i I don't know personally offhand different states i mean we were talking about that earlier different states have different ways they're dealing with this coronavirus yeah what is what is what is california like are are you are you like in a stay-at-home order is everything closed or is some stuff open or what what is it like uh, we're going to stay at home. Um, my wife's not working. I am working. So I'm an essential. Oh, um, so, uh, it, it's wild, you know, and just, um, uh, unknown territory really, you it know, is, we've, totally. we've been self quarantining since, uh, March 17th. Uh, that's when we kind of went lo- on lockdown and, um, kind of just go to work, come home. You know, uh, listen to records and listen to a lot of records, <laughs> try and sell some records and promote records. So. Yeah. Hopefully podcasts too. Anyway. So, okay. So, so you, you start playing bass when you were like 14, these neighbors, what's it say the name of that band again? The Hitties? The Hitties. Yeah. They were, they were a big, how do you, how you spell that? Uh, H I D D Y S. I think they were on that. Um, they were on a liberation comp, I think. Hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of the name of that. Uh, maybe it wasn't Liberation. I'm not sure about the label. Well, it's, but, it's, uh, it's it's funny. I never heard of them. That's not really a big surprise. But it, it's since we started doing this show, it's really reminded me how regional punk rock is. You know, because we start having people on, and I'm actually gra- glad to talk to some people on the West Coast because this is like foreign to. I mean, it might as well be in Europe or something. It's so far away from us. You know. No, that's so, true. That's well, true. Yeah. I have to say, one because I was at uh, one show in particular that rings a bell. Is there's a venue out here called the Ice House, or at least there used to be. Okay. And uh, the the show that really rings um, to the hitties bell for me is uh, it was a uh, No Effects back in uh, right when White Trash uh, two years oh, came when out. Were good. Yeah. And um, it was the filming of the Bob video. So mm. they had all the production crews there. It was uh, Lagwagon, uh, Guttermouth, and the Hitties opened it up. And mm. there's footage of it. I actually posted some on my uh, Instagram. And it's you just see it for the opening band. There's like 500 people just going Richter. So, huh. Wow. Uh, it's, it's pretty incredible. And they were right there and you know used to play with Youth Brigade and so then, when Lagwagon came out, everybody just went out and had a smoke. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that was it. That was in the the Duh tour. So that was like their second album, and it was for the for the time. You know, nobody was really doing that. So it was we before said, everybody kind of followed suit. So he, it, Neil and I have been on of... sort of an anti mainstream punk kick lately. Even though I I don't mind a lot of that stuff, and I definitely grew up in that era too. Listen to a lot of that stuff, and I love the early No Effects. Love like that era. Like through S and M Airlines is my favorite. People look at me like I have four heads when I say that. Oh, uh, uh, that's White that's Trash, S and M Airlines, Ribbed, and and Punk and Drub. Like those four in a row were all amazing. After that, eh. Before that, the the one before that, eh. But those four, man. If you're a band that makes four great records in a row, you will always have a place in my heart because it's so hard yeah. to do. We had that cassette, the the longest line cassette, and that yep. one that was good. We too. just wore right through it. Yep. You know. Well, if it's like ten minutes long, for one thing, that helps, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and that was like about as mainstream as I got back in the day. So, okay. so um, you start start playing bass when you were like fourteen or so. Yeah, or were played you not that young. Uh, 
about 14, completely self-taught, never taken a lesson or anything like that. Just have a an ear. Um, Come on, it's only got four. It's only one, got. But... It's only got four big strings. It's not that. Complicated. Shut up, guitar grab, player! All right, settle down. Player. Settle down, guitar player. <laughs> I mean, if Sid Vicious could do it, you could do it. Dude. Well, Sid, that's right. the thing. Sid, Sid Vicious couldn't do it. That's, <laughs> that's true. You know, turn him off. Yeah, turn him yeah, off and so, turn him out. Uh, kind of just, uh, you know, self-taught, uh, but um, just knew what I liked and what I, you know, the tones and sounds that I liked, and usually it's pretty just raw. Um, you know, I don't use really effects or anything like that. And I just change how I actually play. Mm. Um, but, you know, had a couple of high school bands and um, all of that. And that was kind of my first in- indoctrination. Then I uh, moved to San Diego uh, right out of uh, high school and uh, was, you know, my, at that point I was never been out of the house before and i'm in a different town i mean even though it was only an hour away it was all new experience for me and um so i was you know one of my priorities wasn't really school at the time when it should have but i just i just wanted to be in a band and, and play music and create art you know i was going to san diego state oh nice study and uh got really you know I, I found a couple of musicians and you know started jamming together and then um I would hang out down in um uh Pacific Beach down there is like a little you know town part of San Diego and that's when I came into contact and uh had my first experience with Tang Records I had some friends that worked there and uh just started where, hanging where, is, where are they where are they located uh, the original shop in, was uh, next to a coffee shop on um, uh, kind of Garnett Avenue. I, but in I was, that little t- in that little town just outside of San Diego, uh, it, it's in San Diego. It's just oh, like it's little, in San Diego. Okay, but it was along the beach, and it's kind of like where all the college kids would live that wanted to oh, okay. surf, skate, and all that. Like the, Bohem- like the Bohemian kind of neighborhood. Uh, yeah, but just packed in like sardines. Ah. It was you know it was surfers and hippies and so to go back so to go back half a step now the original tang originally was founded in boston yes boston Boston. right yeah Yeah. when it was uh, originally it was called the the kids will have their say was the name of the store and tang was the label and it was there for years and um uh ian and carl two guys i worked with they were all from out there and And so uh, when did what year approximately did they move do you know we uh well what year, was, well what year did they move from when did they when did he relocate from boston to i think it was 94 because it was, was just it about a year, okay. i think it was just about a year before i started working there because i i started working there right like probably new years of of uh 90 uh 94 95 okay so um very and you were working you were working for the store or the record label uh both i mean they're both basically you know the the label was run out of the store so and we were like on bar alley like a a bar street so Mm -hmm. we would stay open until 3 Mm a.m just to get those take advantage advantage of the drunk people buying records yeah coming in buying records so that actually sounds sort of awesome doesn't it neil yeah have you ever been to san diego tom 
I have not. It's uh, I was I was just there once. It was there for like three days. Uh, my old girlfriend had a like they do one of the conferences at one of the big conference centers there. Uh-huh. And um, beautiful city. I mean, obviously the weather's perfect all the time. I was right? saying, ironically, I know my wife's been there for con- for a convention. Yeah, conventions. Ago, but I yeah, have never been there. Yeah. yeah. Um, just everyone's so nice. It's weird. Because the weather's good, right? I guess. Yeah, everyone's happy and everyone seems nice and everyone seems really Me- upbeat and positive. Because you're so close to Mexico and you can go get cheap drugs. And it's, yeah, it's not like Chicago at all. Nobody <laughs> 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 wants to fight you all the time. But uh, I'm sorry, I digress. You you work in a tank. Yes, it took us off took us off target there. He's listening to the show. He knows what happens. Yeah, he knows what happens. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was just that was my first kind of you know exposure down you know, out of town and, and, uh, and then the experiences that just, and the opportunities that came from there just kind of opened a lot of doors. And, uh, that's where, you know, I, I, being an artist, I got to get involved with some of the artwork there and did a couple of t-shirts and. So you're a visual, uh, you're a visual artist also. Yeah. I mean, we, we, know, we, we know that. I mean, I don't think, I don't know that people listening know that. So you, you were, you not only play a bass, but you do real art too. Yeah, uh, I, I just I write. Sorry, that was a cheat. That was a shot at Neil. Sorry. <laughs> I don't. I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm sorry. Keep going, Chase. All right, Richie. My my bad. Are you no, drunk, Tom? Fine. What's that? Have no. you been drinking? No, I'm drinking water. Though I'll probably have to pee at some point. Oh good god! It's like another pee can break. We, can we drink doing this? Well, I you, am. You drinking, yeah, like, Are you? It's yeah. nine forty here, and I ain't got shit to do. So, yeah, sure, man. Open, open one up. I'm hoping. I'm hoping to clean my garage when I'm done. <laughs> no, the, the truth is, I'm on call for work, so I have to stay clear-minded. Gotcha. Ish. Well, I've got. I, I've already put five long days in, so this one's. Uh, it's a chill day. There you go. So, so, uh, but yeah, just like I was saying, is you know a lot of afforded opportunities came from that experience and just opened up the, uh, you know, meeting people. And, um, one of the, you know, one of the probably people that come to mind is probably, uh, Taz, Terry bones from, um, discharge and, Mm. you know, UK subs and business and every other legendary band, uh, at the time, uh, Battalion of Curtis had found all the original. Um, that's the owner of Tang had found the masters and had been talking to George about doing a best of Battalions of Saints issue. And that's when they kind of reformed the band. So they had, uh, I think, uh, Matt or Mark McCoy and Gregor from UK Subs and Terry and then George singing. And then, um, you know, they had done a, a couple one shot tours and had uh, released a seven inch at the time. Uh, Hell's around the uh, next corner. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Great seven inch. And, yep. you know, um, basically, you know, we were putting all those, you know, cutting all the, the flip cards for them and putting all those together. So, um, and uh, yeah, it, that was a experience where i got to see firsthand you know watch that formation and then the band kind of fell apart and so terry brought in uh ken uh, his buddy from chicago who was uh in a bunch of bands there 
and they had it uh they were going to get slayer hippie to play drums but he couldn't leave the state due to parole from poison so, idea for those of you who uh from AB, so, best known from poison idea I'm, just, I'm sorry i'm just filling in the filling in the blanks you, yeah, you're talking sure. to us at a you're talking to us at a punk level i don't know that everybody else is talking <laughs> yeah that's, yeah, that's a good level. point it's a good point well and you're so, so, so yeah i'm sorry so no, then, uh, they had they didn't have a drummer and and so they're like you know we really need to find one and i'm like well i i went to school and best friends with you know one of the best drummers i've ever heard and and so uh we got in my car and i called him up and we got in my car and i me and terry and my little truck and drove up to san Clemente and went into his room and he has his you know drum set up and terry listened to him play a couple of the battalion songs and he's like you're hired so and that became the uh the cuts lineup so while they were touring you know basically terry lived with me for about a year and a half between all the tours and um hmm. you know they come back to town and so it was like having you know a punk rock dad you know and i was 18 at the time so it was like just like i just i just absorbed everything like a wow. sponge so terry the- from discharge is like your godfather practically Kind of. <laughs> or your mentor or something, huh? You know, and he just texted me two days ago with the, you know, clips of his new band. And I can't, you know, I can't wait for that to get released. That's going to be really cool. So so let's 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 inject a song here real quick, just because we're going to go on and on and on. We're not going to get our songs in. So why don't you introduce the, the first song? And this is something that you put out. And we're going to get into your label, obviously, here in a, in a little bit. But why don't you give us a little uh, intro for this song, and we'll we'll play one of this play one of your songs that you put out. Well, cool. This is like kind of sidetracking a little bit, but this is what this is the first one to kind of uh, things didn't necessarily fall in the order as planned. I don't think they ever do. But so the first actual release on Garage Rock is a band uh, that I really dig uh, called Frontier Club. Basically, all members of some of my favorite, you know, local bands here um, being, you know, Geisha Girls, uh, Gestapo Kazi, Street Trash, Neighborhood Brats, and Dan now is filling in or playing with uh, Slaughter and the Dogs. So there's kind of like, you know, members of seasoned veterans and they just do this. Uh, they had a post-punk band and uh which is another you know genre that I'm really into, yeah, and it's just a great, great track. Uh, heavy riffy guitar. Uh, Mike Shelbourne on drums, he's just fantastic, and played with just about everybody. So, um, and it's a great track. It's called "Speaking in Cursive." So check it out. Okay, "Speaking in Cursive" by Frontier Club.
There you go. Frontier Club with Speaking in Cursive. Yeah, it's, so, good, it's, it's good stuff. You sent that to us, and uh, I, I really dug that. Now, who, who was the guy from Slaughter and the Dogs that you were saying was in that band? Uh, well, Dan uh, Graciano, um, he was a, he was actually the bass player in Neighborhood Brats, and he played drums in Shadow Man, and uh, now he's uh, uh, doing bass duties for Slaughter and the Dogs, and he, I think he was touring around doing the LAM app with uh Walter oh Lure. right yeah i am um, sad i never saw that that that's oh, something like, they were doing like a revival yeah like a revival tour on that. yeah so, mike mike, so. mike ness played in some of those some of those revival really? shows yeah okay. yeah so oh, when really? you uh so that when you did the battalion of saints so the, the original battalion of saints was you know early mid 80s right yeah and they split up and then they did the cuts album i have that album i know very well what you're talking about but that was and it had terry yeah terry from bones and all that or from uh discharge but now they had the ad on their name at that point neil you're familiar with when this stuff happens right when there's a name when there's a name issue so there was that that was under the battalion of saints ad thing yeah what was the issue with the name at that point did they did the because the singer is the only one really around anymore george, from the original yeah. band yeah I george think... did george not have rights to it or oh no i think he had full rights to it i think it was just kind of like a respect i think it was an artsy thought you know kind of like oh really oh that's funny well i mean i don't know with certainty but i think it was more kind of like we're battalion of saints but this is like the second incarnation so hence the after death um sure and i think i i agree with that and i actually think that's what buzzcock should have done now that now that pete's dead i think the buzzcock should have added some into the name rather than keep on with the same name but that's just yeah me. because it, i mean after uh chris smith died you know like that kind of i think they yeah. did have other guitars but it was never the same right. you know never a solid but, lineup yeah because he so. toured even a couple of years ago they did a pretty big a pretty massive tour with uh the nobodies from colorado and I want to say the Cryptics from New Hampshire or something. They actually did a pretty massive tour, but I'm sure it's just George. They were playing really quite small places, honestly. I don't, I don't know, I don't know that they're much of a viable unit anymore. But I couldn't go see them. It's a bummer because I really love that band. They were great. Uh, well, seeing being there firsthand to see, you know, all the AD stuff was just it was wild. You know, I, I just I can't say it enough. And I, and I'm, you know, all cards on the table at the time I was 18. So I was getting in all those bars with the fake ID. <laughs> oh, nice. And I think the statue of limitations has run out. I think you're safe now. I, I think I'm safe now, but you know, <laughs> that's, that's how I experienced all that, you know, sure. I just, so, so how long, did you, how long did you end up working for Tang? Uh, I think I was there for about two, two and a half years. Okay. So, uh, I got in a, I was playing in bands myself down there and, uh, I was started, um, I was playing in a pop-up band down there called Ever Ready for a while. And, uh, we did, uh, I, we did a tour and then I got a, in a bad accident and was supposed to, you know, record, uh, the next album and kind of like had the worst week ever where, uh, I got in a car accident, told my car and, um, couldn't you couldn't do the tour or or record because I was injured and then got laid off from tank. So uh, it was a it was a horrific experience. <laughs> so then what? What do you do from where do you go from there? So 
And so I moved back home uh, to San Clemente, went back to school, and then got re, you know, uh, into um, Orange County punk rock and being really involved at the time um, then. So. All right, um, and, and and that's where you are now. You're you're in San Clemente now, or did you move to LA or something? No, no, uh, I'm actually up in Long Beach now. We've been here for about the last seven years, okay. and uh, love it. Won't live anywhere else. Uh, this is uh, the culture and the city and the people, and you know, um, a lot of people have different takes. But being that I've lived just about everywhere, I I won't call anywhere else home. So. So whereabouts is Long Beach for those, those of us that don't know California particularly well? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, we're dead center on the beach, um, halfway between, you know, really downtown L.A. and, you know, Orange County proper. So um, we share the county line. Um, you go through uh, Seal Beach and you're, you know, cross the line and you're in the city of Long Beach. So, um, But south of L.A., enough where we're not really deemed part of LA, mm-hmm. although county. Um, so, and everybody that you talk to, you know, I was playing in bands in LA and you talk to, Oh, I live in Long Beach. And they're like, Oh yeah, that's not going to work. And I'm like, I have a car. Like it's fine. <laughs> you know? like, I'm not scared to drive 20 miles, you know? So it also paints it, it like it's so, you know, so distance far. wise, it's yeah. an hour drive. It all it all sounds so idyllic, doesn't it, Tom? Like Seal Beach and the living right on the beachfront by the ocean and stuff like that. It sounds idyllic when we're stuck in the middle of this, uh, in the middle of cornfields, basically, right? Yeah, well, we have no, we have no seals to club. No, we have no no seals, no seals here. <laughs> so, yeah, when, so closed all the beaches. So, so when when did you when did you start your label? Or, or I should say where. Uh, say you want to go that you want to jump that far ahead you want to well i think you know let's just jump around you know and so i mean <laughs> we're all over the place yeah okay? <laughs> so it's it's funny to me like you worked for a label i can't believe that you'd work for a label and then want to start one after seeing <laughs> seeing what a pain it is right tom what are you doing man are you like rolling around on the bed <laughs> you no, are aren't you yet. no <laughs> it sounds like yeah, you are <laughs> my pillow fortress of solitude <laughs> Did, did, all right, did, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm back situated again. Did that? Did I that, may did, or may not. I may or may not have carried my laptop into the bathroom, muted my microphone, and taken a leak. Oh, for fuck's sake! May or may not have happened. Dude, you you might want to get that prostate checked out at some point over the <laughs> over the next six months. Ice water, just straight. It's fine, Neil. Don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> all right, I won't worry about your prostate. I'm okay. Checking my own prostate right now. <laughs> anyway, all too right, much sorry. information. Yeah, exactly. See, Jason, this is what we do. Um, <laughs> well, I, I don't know what what do you want to talk about because I, I mean, I figured. No, no, no. Want to keep going chronologically, or we can go to Lil? I don't care. I, I just I'm kind of following the whole following the whole story here. I know he played, he played in at least one band that's had a pretty good amount of, is pretty known in like the punk metal community, um, because he mentioned that they're still playing without him, and uh, I was kind of wondering how that worked in the equation. We're, what age are we up to right now? We're up to like you know you're in your early twenties, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, probably, shoot, 20, 22, 23, kind of moved back to San Clemente. And, did you, did you, uh, did you end up getting a degree? Yeah, uh, I, I, it took a little longer than the normal, but uh, I have a Bachelor of Science in. Okay, in, oh, uh, science? I was thinking uh, you were going to art, art college or something, okay. 
Well, I did. Uh, the the category fell under because it was marketing and graphic design kind of were my my majors. So um, I love design and and painting and illustration and. I'm just kind of like a jackass of all trades, really. When it comes to right side thinking, like, you know, being an uh, an art and every an artist in every form, you know, I try to, and I just like being creative, you know. Man, I, I mean, doesn't that irritate you when Neil, when people are good at more than one thing? <laughs> I'm good. I always get irritated by that. Like, the, like you can play bass and you can paint. Oh, come on, dude! Give the rest of us a break, <laughs> would you? But that's a, that's all right. So you end up back in San Clemente. Are you are you playing in bands at this point? Uh, yeah. At the time, um, at, by that, well, that would probably put me. There is a, a bunch of you know garage bands and and you know didn't do nothing and still kind of in the the tape and burned CDs were had just kind of come out. So nothing like everything was like just passed out. You know, friends and whatnot. Sure. I guess the first. uh, We did a band called, uh, I started a band called Blood Soaked Hands with my friends. And we, uh, my guitarist had passed a couple years back, um, Buck, Buck Authority. He's, you know, one of the greatest uh, people I've ever met. Yeah, it is a great great name. Yeah. Hunk as fuck and, uh, you know, just larger than life. And he, everybody loved and adored him and just a, you know, he would be at every show. And I mean, he'd know, he knew all the bands and just from always being at the shows, you know, sure. he, he, he'd go to TSOL shows, they'd say hi, or, you know, uh, he, he, he knew everybody. It was pretty wild. So, um, but we had a kind of a, we kept thinking that we were, you know, um, so cool and everything, but it was kind of like an X Avengers murder city devils is what we aspired to be kind did of. You have, did you have a, you had a female singer? Yes. Uh, Alicia moon was our, uh, singer. Uh, okay. we were a five piece. We had a two different lineups and we had an original six song, a CD that came out on a uh, volume disc, which was Darren, uh, from Broken Bottles at the time, he had, and uh, he had his uh, a label, and he was originally uh, did Revenge Records with Gabe from the Starvations, and they put out a bunch of wild stuff. But um, was was Revenge was that was that not uh, that Skater that wasn't that the Skaters label the one you you love to talk about Neil the guy who kind of went mad for a while what Dwayne wasn't that Dwayne Peters label Am no that was so disaster yeah, was oh disaster yeah. oh okay forget it forget it okay. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but um, and so uh, going back, we we did put out a six song, and then we had a lineup change, and we had uh, for a moment, brief moment, we had Carter from JFA playing with us, and then we got Woody uh, came in, and he was in a band called All or Nothing Hardcore, and he's just an amazing drummer, mm-hmm. and uh, who um, we did another six song demo and uh never got released and is, it was i'm sorry to interrupt but this is this is blood soaked hands we're talking about right now right blood, blood soaked hands okay, yeah good. we had a yeah yeah we had a track on uh the hostage uh comp a hostage comp um collateral damage with a, a bunch of um really awesome orange county bands mm-hmm. and then um we had a you know a, a record slated and uh we had actually conned Billy Zoom to 
to produce it and then kind of things just fell apart so um did you record uh, it? we recorded it so there's it's like 12 tracks and it's funny you mentioned that i eventually i'm not sure if it's going to get a, a official vinyl release but i had um a friend of mine uh ryan um sin from the distillers he got into mixing and mastering so he's got the record and he's putting all the finishing touches on it and it, i think it's it, it should be done and so i'm not sure if it's going to get a formal final release yet it's just hard because with you know um band members that are gone and he was sure. pretty much you know the soul of the band um it's kind of hard i don't we did a, a couple of reunion shows for a thing a festival that they do called Buckfest out here and um and uh so we did a reunion for that it wasn't quite the same it was cool because we had all the original other members play <laughs> and so and our two original drummers kind of switched off so um it was it was really it was a cool experience and a good little homage but i did uh so we did that and we're hoping it's it's, it's funny let me interject here a second real quick because it's so funny because you know you you just you the, being in that scene you just you just know people that the rest were like oh you know the dude from the distillers oh you worked with billy zoo you know what i mean yeah, it's just right. like i think it's like that yep. he's in la thing and it just it just reminds or yeah you're not la proper but you know you're in the area it just reminds us how sort of isolated we are here in the midwest and if that's what i always say if 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 we think we're over repping the midwest i think it's because it needs it to a certain extent you know oh, <laughs> because, I get that. It's just here, the community is so small and, you know, like it'd be one thing if I've only been playing for a year, but you know, I'm yeah, just... yeah, no, no, no. I, I mean, I love it. I'm not even, I, I mean, what I, what I, I wouldn't call it exactly jealousy, even though it's a little, you know, it's a little oh, jealousy. Like, yeah. oh, man, yeah. He's rubbing elbows with these guys that just, and, and you know, I, I don't think you're trying to make more of it than it is, you know, it's just so casual and it's just like, ah, uh, we're, but no, it's, it's all good. Um, hey, hey, you know I'll I, I tell you what. I, 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 interject I, and I'll say this. You know what? The one thing that makes it even possible is just being nice. You know, yeah, you just have to be nice. Drop all the attitudes. Drop. You know, yep. and, and hey, I'm a fan of you. I want. Yeah. Do you mind? Can I ask you a couple questions? You know, like, and usually if you're nice, you know, I get, I, I think I used to get roasted because I was always the nice guy. But you know, it. it, it there's no Listen. room for ego or, or yeah. anything like that, you know, and you get a lot further just by being nice. So, well, and it's not like any of us are making, really making any serious money doing any of this stuff. You know, we're doing it. Everybody who's involved at this point is doing it because they want to do it and they love it. Right. Oh, it's, everybody it's who, who's, involved, me, you know? who's involved with the scene. So let's, let's, you, oh. we're going to say we should play another song. You know? Is that oh, your thought? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, actually, I've got, I've actually got one of those hostage compilations and I was looking to see if, if it was the one that you guys are on and it's not, I've got the hostage situation, but God damn, they had some great bands. You got the smug, oh, yeah, smug yeah, peddlers. Yeah. You got smog town. Obviously you got the crowd. You got the bodies. I mean, some... see, I'm not even familiar with these. They were an, o an OC thing. huh? Yeah. I mean, you know, and oh, a, lot, yeah. a, a lot of, a lot of skate crossover. And as a matter of fact, mm. I think this is probably where I heard smog town for the first time. Cause they've been my favorite, um, modern punk band. And, um, I think, yeah, I'm looking at this. Well, it, was, it, was, it was from 2000, to... I think. Yeah. I think that yes, was the first time I, I heard smog town. I, I, when I started going to art school, um, I, I had gotten in, uh, through friends of friends and 
a co-worker had was living with Guitardo at the time. Guitardo, like, yeah. <laughs> awesome so, stuff. Excuse me. Uh, so he, uh, you know, we introduced, and I fell in love with them as soon as I heard them, and that was meeting Tim and, and Chavez and Chip uh, yep. all. They're just such an interesting cast of characters and and unique in all their own ways. And, um, and uh I kind of, sorry, kind of lost train of thought there. No, that, no, that's okay. No, uh, oh, dude, I can tell you're in your forties. You know, that's what happens. Right? You, go, you, go, you go down a path and you can't find your way back. So let's let's play another song and then give you some time to think about it. What one did you want to do next? Why don't you go ahead and introduce? Well, it? Uh, what I will say is, um, going back to Bledsoe Cans, I'm going to okay. play a Bledsoe Cans track. This is cool. the only track that uh, it's not released. So when this all comes out, this will be on it. But. Uh, Alicia so this is a premiere, our... everybody. We got to sell, yeah. sell this up. Yeah, this is a this is a punk to I die premiere track. But this is with uh, Buck, my my best friend, singing. So I really wanted to uh, to share that. So uh, this one is called Ash. So and by the Blood Soaked Hands, and check it out. Radioactive heat 
By blood soaked hands. You're hoping this is going to get some kind of a release, either digital or 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 a proper physical release. Are you going to handle that, or is somebody else going to do that? No, yeah, it'll it'll be a garage rock thing. And realistically, I I I mean, I'll probably just give it out. um, You know, once all said and done, I I really want to do four bucks a do a vinyl release, but you know, just with the uncertainty of right now, um, everything's kind of in. You know, limbo. Well, as you see, so. One of the one of the things I really want to get to, and I don't want to jump ahead too far, but you you have been releasing stuff by bands that are no longer active, and that presents a really different challenge from a promotional uh, from a promotional angle. So, I mean, I don't know how many projects like that you're willing to take on. But, uh, um, well, that's why the the priority is definitely kind of I there I definitely have a lineup and uh, ideas of what I want to do. And I, I have started to execute those. I am trying to definitely focus at this very moment on, you know, bands that are going to get out, do the touring. Like, do develop, the, like, like from a developmental aspect rather than a... Do the work, yeah. Because, a retro aspect, gotcha. You know, exactly. Like, doing the, the retro is like, it's really cool. And like the, you know, we'll talk about the dogs one in a sec, but the the, you know, the dogs was shelved for 22 years. So, and Jesse, who is a close friend of mine as well, me, Jesse and Buck were all really close friends. He too has passed. So yeah, just the mess we're talking about, right? Yeah. Just the mess later became, you know, broken bottles. So the dogs was like, um, a San Juan Capistrano band, which is the town, uh, North of San Clemente. And uh, they were just the scariest band, you know. Well, I, uh, I got to say, I had never heard of this band before. I'm familiar with the Detroit Dogs, but I had never heard of this band before. And I got to say, you're, you're doing a great service by bringing this band back to the public attention because, wow, what a great band. Yeah, it is. That's a great record. Um, I was just, I mean, I, I, I you know, when I get a box of records, I never heard anything. And I start putting them on one after one, like, wow, every one of them is great. I mean, I'm, I just, I, I'm super impressed. And Neil and I have like, we've had private conversations about, man, this guy really seems to have a good ear for this stuff. So oh, thank you. where did thank you get, and maybe it's just because you had such cool friends. Indeed. So, so, so let's, let's go to, so you're playing in bands. When did you, your label's only a couple years old. So yeah, there's a, uh, there's a pretty good gap in history here. Um, 
there's a lot of gap and a lot so of... you say fill it in fill us in a little bit um so after blood sucked hands i kind of like just filling in trying to just you know find the next band because they all started a, another they moved on and started another band and so you know i was kind of like just searching so I, I played in a band called unit f for a split moment and tried out for a bunch of other bands and uh it, you know, some you probably heard of, you know, and, or not. And uh, when, when, I, when Jason when Jason Newstead left Metallica, did you get the call? <laughs> no, 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 oh, no, not that one. Okay, nothing, nothing like that. But uh, <laughs> after that, uh, about a year later, or no, probably about a year and a half, two years later, I joined another band from San Clemente called Killing California, and that was on Basement Records, which was Chuck Diedrich from. Oh God! What was the what's the name of his? God, it escapes me all of a sudden. Him and Matt um, Matt from the Bronx had a label called Basement, mm. and they put out that record. It was called Going South, and mm. um, that was you know kind of more of the harder lined stuff. And we did a bunch of tours and um, played. God, played some really cool spots and. Um, and kind of just did did that for almost two years. And at the same time, on the tail end of that, um, I got asked by a couple guys to, um, you know, c- come play, um, try out with them. And that later became um, a band, post-punk band called Cap Hardy. And we did that for, I was with them for four years and we put out, a bunch of uh, singles and did a proper full length, and um, and that was that was a, a good experience. Didn't necessarily end the I would say the greatest, but mm. um, that one got a lot of exposure and uh, opened up a lot of doors and kind of just formulated like who I wanted to be and and what I wanted to do. Well, I tell you what, uh, talk. To- to- talking about cat party a second um you sent me that package of like albums and cds and stuff last week and the cat party one was one i found on um it's on itunes so i was like you know what i'll download it and listen to it when i go for a run in the morning so uh, normally when that happens with a new band i'll normally get about two songs in and be like you know what that's enough of this but (laughs) to your credit i listened to the whole damn thing i liked it a lot I liked it a lot. Oh. Um, uh, yeah, well, I have so to I, say it's really, I think it's a really good album. Yeah, and, it's, it's a really you know, good post-punk hey. album. I agree. It's it's good. Quality. Plus, Neil yeah, loves cats. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a cat party every day, as a matter exactly. of fact. Yeah, it usually involves him getting his groin scratched. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that sounded very strange, but you have to listen to number 33 to understand that. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really liked it. Um, now, who, who was the singer? Who was singing in that? Uh, the singer was Ryan. So, so there was Ryan, uh, Richie and Roger. So the other three R's okay. he used to be. So, cause that would, so, that, and, would uh, that, that would probably have been the one thing I would have changed on it, but would, was the, was the vocals, but you know, otherwise it was really good. I really enjoyed it musically. I loved it. So there you go. Yeah. We, we had, we kind of were filling the niche at the time because nobody was really doing that. So we get put on all the punk shows you know, like we would play with Smogtown and the Stitches and, you know, uh, we did, we, we actually had the, the pleasure of doing a, there was this big 
festival in a uh, skate festival in the middle of Costa Mesa city park. And it was a daytime event and all ages. And they asked us to play. And then, um, it was, uh, the simpletons of Rosemead played and Jay Lansford was there who was the original posh boy guitarist. So they said, Hey, will you guys do a Rick L Rick set? So we did that with Jay Lansford playing guitar huh. and that was really cool. So that was one of the more memorable experiences. So mm, that's cool. And and then um, since then, kind of hadn't really done anything. Well, I, I I took a kind of like a leave of absence from playing music for a long time, and I kind of was, you know, just not feeling it. Lost the touch and uh, started getting back into it a couple of years ago. And then uh, I was, you know, I, and I've been all over the map. I been playing filling in for like boy bands and and uh post-punk bands and so i've been kind of musically all over the map but it's just like if i like what it's you know the sound then i want to run with it so yeah, yeah. And I, I i you know so you didn't I've have a permanent out. you didn't have a permanent gig you were just kind of playing here and there when you got a chance yeah well as much as i could you know because you know bands are like having girlfriends and five girlfriends at a time it's just wild <laughs> you, know, you got to deal yeah. with the personalities and attitudes and and whatnot, and that's where I like I kind of always underline the the you know the my mantra is just be nice, you know, like yeah. we're we're having fun. I want to have fun and, and you know be an artist and and create. But that that that's hard when you're young and you really think you're gonna make it big. It's hard to appreciate the fun aspect of it. It's like you almost have to get a little older. And sort before of give up are... on the and give up on the dream part of it before you can really appreciate it, you know? Yeah. No, and, and I'm still a dreamer. Like, you know, I, I but I, I I at this point in my life, I, I just wanna have fun, create, you know, I have a wife, I have my my animal family and you know, and I live in Long Beach. I, I ride a triumph through Long Beach and couldn't be happier. Yeah, so you're living say, the dream. Yeah. You're living the dream no matter what. Yeah. 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 So, so what, what was it? So you said, and, and this is a private conversation, you said you had a, a band that um, that was still around that you're not in anymore that was making a record for Southern Lord. Who was that? Uh, yeah. Actually, it just came out. Um, I played uh, with the band. It was a short lived for me. Um, cause it was, uh, kind of like one of those financially uncertain times, but I was, uh, jamming with a, a band from LA called the Wraith and I really dug what we were doing. Real heavy, yeah, heavy goth, stuff. uh, post-punk death rock kind of band. And, uh, God, I, and the, the guitarist Kaz, I was just, I, he, he was living down here in Long Beach and we answered ads and. You know, I was like, oh, man, I finally found somebody that I could, like, relate to and kind of identify with. And I'm like, let's do it, you know, and jammed a couple of times. And and then he uh, he moved to L.A. proper. And and so it made it a little bit more difficult. But I, yeah. And so but I loved being in that uh, band for the moment that it was in. And then they've just been nonstop and they've, uh, they had, you know, the drummer was Scott Rayner from the original drummer from Blink and, um, it, for Blink 182. Uh, yeah. Really? Oh, and, no kidding. Uh, so 
and they they just they've had a bunch of members since then but the the actual record is out now and it's just it's really good what was the so name of their, what was the name of the band the, the Wraith. The Wraith. Oh, oh, yo, shit! You know what? You know what? I, I down, I down, I don't. I downloaded that about a month ago. Gloom Ballet is, I think, the name of the record, and it's just, it's just really good. And Dave, Davey, who was in Shadow Age from Virginia, and he was in a band called Lost Tribe, post punk. I remember Lost Tribe vaguely. Yeah, kind of heavier post punk, and. And then now he's singing for the Wraith, and they're really good. Yeah, so. I, I saw it written up in uh, I think Vive La Rock, which is which is one of the only music magazines I get these days. But Vive La Rock gave it a really. They said it was one of the best albums of last year, as a matter of fact. So that's why I downloaded it, the Wraith. Hmm. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's but it's exactly what you would expect it to be, like the artwork and yeah. the sound, and it sounds just like the band name, right? So yeah, yeah. it's and it was like I said, it was a really cool short period of time. But I really dug it. I and I I just wanted them afterwards, I, you know, and I explained to them like, hey man, financially I just can't cut it right now, but please go on and 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 you know make it happen because this really this really needs to be a thing. Now did they make you dress all in black when you were playing in the band? Did you have a certain <laughs> dress sense that you had anyway, to do? Right? Don't yeah, make me do uh, anything. Kind of like <laughs> I have a couple of white t-shirts that I really like, but other than that, see white oh, t-shirts. You're just, now, you're just yeah. sucking, now you're just sucking up to Neil. Come yeah, on. It's <laughs> gotta be white t-shirts, baby. If you're in a punk rock. Well, it's, so it's funny. So they're on Southern Lord, who, which is a weird label because it's the dude from sun. O, right. I don't know if you know him or not personally, but, um, yeah. but they do mostly metal and pretty extreme kind of metal, but they also do like reissued cool punk stuff. Neil, like they redid the, they reissued the blast albums and they reissued, uh, XL. If you remember XL, they were another, I do. Yeah. Another, like they were on like suicidal records back in the day and stuff. So it's, it's, it's an interesting label. Yeah. But I think originally it was, they were originally signed to Cleopatra. I oh think. boy. <laughs> and then, and then eventually it went to Southern Lord. So. If I had to choose between Cleopatra and Tang, I think I'd do Tang. But if I had a gun in my head, but anyway, <laughs> doesn't matter. So, so what? What? What insanity drove you to? So you kind of said you sat out of the scene for a while, and you kind of get back into it. So that kind of got your your juices flowing. And what? What? I assume. And what? What drove you to start your own label? That's insanity, right? In 2000, 2018, it looks like you founded it. I mean, just a couple yeah. years ago. Just the end of it, you know. Um, well, I, I always I had a I had a, a a label, a cassette label for a very very short time, and I didn't know what I was doing. This was all after my tang experience. And, so this would have been uh, what, like mid mid nineties or something, or yeah, mid nineties, and um and it I I just had a lot of ambitions, but I just I just wanted to create art. I just couldn't single anything down, you know, to one to to one focus so um so it kind of got lost and but it was always in the back of my mind and and doing the label now it's like i've had to relearn every because when i was working at tank everything was you know one of the things i used to love was opening all the mail the mail and getting all the checks and having to walk to the bank and deposit everything and writing back responses and getting art on letters from bands. Like, you know, this was when, you know, Mighty Boss Tones were huge and Buckle mm. Nine and Stiff Little Fingers. And, 
Again, yeah, Tang had an ama- Tang had an amazing roster, no question about it, and diverse. Oh, you know? super diverse, and that's kind of like why I, you know, although the label's name is Garage Rock, but that's a literal name. Like I'm literally in a garage. I'm a one man operation. <laughs> yep. And you know, and and so it, it's limited limited by name, but like the genres that I want to put out is basically everything that just rips. You know, whether it be post punk, hardcore, you know, metal, you name it. Like I'm if you not like it, I'm, if you like it, you want to put it out. Exactly. So, and as long as they're willing to work and and put in the the time, you know, I'll get behind them for sure. So, hey, go, going back to something you were just speaking about, though. So for Tang, just because I'm interested in the in the way the industry works. So for Tang, you reissued a lot of classic like Oi and punk. Uh, albums, right? You redid some of the business albums, and you redid a Foreskins one and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so- I left right after the they did the um, business reissues. So, so how I- does that how does that work? Now, are they are they getting the original tapes from that, or are they just are they just getting the vinyl and making a press from the vinyl or from the CD or something like? How does that no, how, how, lot- how physically is that working? A lot of the times, it's it's buying the actual tapes or getting the rights to the tapes. The original master and tapes, okay, good. Yeah, and they'll go in and often, you know, a lot of times they'll just go straight in from the masters, mm-hmm. and sometimes they'll actually go back in and remix and remaster uh, to kind of you know tone it up and yep. get a better sound. Um, but and usually it's just like royalties and and, and rights ownership and, and getting all that. So, um, yeah, that's about my experience as far as. No, because it's interesting, right? Because because some some labels, I I, I know this for some of the Naked Reagan reissues that they did. It's clear all they did is take the uh, take the CD and uh, and basically burn that to vinyl. And they sound some of those later Naked Reagan ones sound like shit. It's a real shame. Like it doesn't matter yeah. how it it doesn't matter how you house it. You can put it on all the colored vinyl you want, on the hundred and eighty gram vinyl you want. But you know, just just taking a, a copy basically of the CD master is it just doesn't sound good. So I was just interested no in that. Justice. Yeah, it, it and it's and it's funny because people always think, oh, if it's on vinyl, it must it must be good then. It must sound great, but not necessarily the case. It completely depends on the on the original, right? It's garbage in, garbage out. So. Yeah, or even just like the the effect of the bit rate when you know you're actually um, crafting the you know the the or what I'm what I'm trying to say uh, plating you know doing the mastering and all that yeah 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 for for etching the actual vinyl um, just even the bit rate when you upload it like you know that can dramatically affect it so. of course yeah so when you did the 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 dog stuff for example like. How were you getting all that? Was that from like old demo tapes and stuff, or was that stuff that they so put out? That was actually that. Um, I'm really uh, from from Broken Bottles, like I said, with Jess and Travis, the bass player. I'm really good friends with Travis. He owns uh, Bat Skates Skateboards, and um, so we're really good friends here in Long Beach. And uh, when I told him initially about starting the the label, you know, and I kind of told him my uh, my roadmap and he's like well you know fyi i i still have the dogs tape because we we were we, we had been talking about it for a long time but i was like wow i i kind of forgot about that but there was a whole studio 
you know, recording, but just never, I think they were maybe like 20 cassette tapes made of that record. Mm-hmm. And they kind of got passed around down in, you know, San Juan, San Clemente. And then um, I was like, well, that's an interesting concept because, you know, Jess is in the band. I wanted to pay homage to him. I wanted to pay homage to Buck. So I was like, let's do it, you know? And Capo by the Sea, the first track on the second side, um, I grew up worshiping that bass line. Mm-hmm. It's just so good. And it's kind of, you know, Gigi meets rudimentary Peni. And it's just eerie and creepy and dark. And the whole song is about um, uh, a rehab uh, that's famous down there in South County that all of them basically got admitted to in and out. So, oh boy. Kinda, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're we're going to. Do you want to play? You want to play a dog song? We're going to do a dog song. Uh, I don't think I. I don't think I have one. With ah. you. Um, it's funny. I could. I could find some of that. Like they did an EP that must have got a proper release at yeah, some that point. Was on, originally on uh, Gabe from Starvations and Joe Wedding's label. That's Revenge Records that they were on. Yeah. Okay. Because I was say I, I find that one online, but it's the, the other one doesn't quite have the presence yet, but. I didn't realize that you had just put out a, that, that, that the Smogtown reissue and the, well, the dogs was from last year, right? I, I, was, I didn't realize how just recently released some of this stuff was. Um, I've just been trying to go r- right off the bat, like right coming out of the gate swinging, you know, and yeah. that was kind of the intention. I, I just really, there's so much good stuff. And I started the label really because I wanted to do the blood soaked hands. I wanted to do, like so I would say, uh, that was one uh, of my questions. What was the one release that you said, I got to get this out so bad that I'm going to start my own label? Well, yeah, and that was it. Because I wanted to pay homage to, to, to Buck and get it out. And so that was kind of the, the So was it the, do- the Dogs album was kind of the, the one that pushed you over the top to doing this? Well, as soon as it became available, yeah, and I knew that it was out there and it was uh, attainable. I was like, oh, yeah, like we're, we're doing this. We're going. So and then in the process of doing that is when I gotten in touch with Frontier Club and they already were kind of in the in in uh, motion as well. So hence, that's why that one came out first and the dog second. But I mean, they so were that's an active. So that's an active band right now. Frontier Club. Uh, they're on hiatus right now. I'll say that. Um, just, I, just your luck, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Um, just they're all in other bands, so it just makes it, you know, oh, difficult. Okay, gotcha. But it was so good that I couldn't not put it out, you know? Sure. It, the the tracks on it, uh, all three tracks on that, that EP are just ripping. And it's such a good live band, too, so... It's such a I, it's a fun package. the The record itself has a certain it has a playfulness to it that I kind of like because it's on a very like nice color vinyl, but it has like a classic Xeroxed like sleeve that doesn't quite go all the way up at the back like when we used to make them ourselves. Oh, that's so the kinda, garage rock budget. That's, <laughs> well, it's just kind of a weird juxtaposition, though. I don't know. I think I thought it was kind of fun. I love. I was Neil and I've talked about that. I love those old black and white, you know, Kinko's hardcore records. You know, not that that's a hardcore record, but um, well, so that, wait, that's what the, you're, oh sorry. What, no, go ahead. No, that's what I was saying. Is just the the come my old school way when I was at Tang. You know, we did everything by hand, and being an artist, that's what was intriguing to me. I wanted to make the covers and put all the packaging together. 
You well, know? and the fact so, that you're a graphic a graphic designer, visual artist has to be helpful, I assume, when you're doing this thing, because at least that's one thing you don't have to pay somebody else for, right? Oh, I save a lot of ducats that way, and they're like, "Oh, we got this." I'm like, "I got you, I got you. We're good, we're good." <laughs> hey, we should play another song because we've been, yeah, a, it's been a good Which twenty one, minutes. Yeah, next? what what do you want to play? Okay, so uh, I guess staying with the label theme, I, I really, and we can start talking about Gross Polluter. Um, I want to, I want to talk about Gross Polluter, and I want to start it off by playing um, my favorite track off it. I think it's a, I, I think it's a great song, and it's called Sleepless City, and uh, it goes something like this. Sleep 
All right. Sleepless City by uh, Gross Polluter, who used to be Smogtown. So, uh, yes, uh, basically, it's all the members were in Smogtown. Uh, they changed the name though after um, Guitardo left. And but Gross Polluter is actually ties in with Smogtown because that's the actual name of the Smogtown tour van. It was always known as Ooh, the. Didn't know that. So. Well, well, it's funny because you look at their logo and you can, if it's obvious that it's the same, you know, it's a similar, like the font and the, well, yeah, the thing inter- around it. Well, the interesting thing is, and this is me as a gross polluter completist, right? Um, so when gross polluter <laughs> first, cost you some money, huh? when some gross polluter f- first, first started, right? They had a different singer. So they had a different logo, right? So the first two seven inches don't use that logo. They use a different logo, but okay, now, I'm, correct you real quick. I'm sorry. I don't mean the energy. No, go, no, go ahead. But... Go ahead. So originally, Gross Polluter was with Chavez. Okay. And they went from Smogtown one show, and basically were Gross Polluter the next, and doing still some Smogtowns. Uh, and then it was just after, I don't know, it was probably maybe six months after that, that's when Chavez left. So then they brought in Darren from Cyril, uh, a Long Beach band. And, um, and that's where the change of singer thing kind of happened, and they released those two tracks. And then I'm not sure if I have this exact story straight, but something to the effect that they had a show booked with Darren and somehow he couldn't make it or whatnot. So I don't know who took the action, but they basically said, called Chavez, said, hey, we have the show. Darren can't make it tonight. Can you come in and do your thing? And he, which he did, and then it's been that since. So. Yeah, because because the the way uh, the the only place I'm getting my information from is because they did a long interview in Razor Cake, and oh, and you, um, page spread. Yeah. yeah, and and these and basically Chavez said that the two the two early seven inches on No Front Teeth records they have a different logo because that was the different singer. And as soon as Chavez came back in the band, they went to that logo that, you know, that looks like the smog town one with the, you know, the misprinting. I mean, the looks like a stencil or something. Yeah. Stencil, the stencil logo. Yeah. And the first two don't have the first two seven inches don't have that. So that was the way they explained it in razor cake. It's interesting to me. So that's the same band, but the fact of the matter is the first smog town album came out in 20, 20 years ago. Yeah. So at this uh, point, this band has been around a long time. Well, the first seven inch came out. Uh, that was Smog on Forty Five. That was a hostage release, and I believe ninety six. Yeah, I just I just picked that up. I mean, actually. it's just crazy <laughs> that a bunch of twenty year old guys have been able to hold it together till their mid forties or whatever. You know, it's it's astounding, right? Considering how much we change in that amount of time. Yeah, yeah, there's been a, a lot, you know. And I'm not saying it has. I'm not saying it's been, you know, a smooth sailing or that there's never been breaks or anything like that. But it's still a pretty interesting story, honestly. Yeah, well, they, all the guys are super, you know, uh, unique, like I said, and individual. <laughs> um, and they all have their own things, you know, careers and families, and um, and there's been a lot of breaks between the those times with the band. But I think uh, definitely things did change once you know guitar was out of the picture and it was like can't go on you know as the same pretty much it wasn't you know so, so what and, and they're not and they're not probably even trying to do it full-time anymore and that takes a lot of the pressure off so yeah what uh what so how many releases are you up to now uh I, we have 
for official, I took over. Um, it's kind of a weird story, but I took over distribution on the Mike Hudson Pagans release. Okay. I just wanted to save it because I think it was going to get you know lost. The 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 whole press just got. Um, I, I my buddy Gabe from Starvations hit me up and. Uh, uh, or actually he didn't, but referred me and Mary from White Murder and Joe Weddings called me up and said, hey, we have this all these records in our studio and we're losing our studio. So Gabe said to give them to you and put them in your distribution. So I took that over and uh, Mike Hudson was the singer for the Pagans and yep, he yep. passed away about six months ago, I think. Is it that recently? Somewhere in that. Okay. Pretty recently, so it was their last release, and it had members of like, um, I think it Lauren from the Dogs, the other Dogs, the Detroit Dogs, and yep. um, a guy from Rainbow, or I, I can't remember the entire, but it was a solid record, and I just wanted to save it and get it out there. I'll tell you what, it, it's a really good record. Track. Yeah, it's a yes. really yeah. good record. Yeah, I played it the other and night, what, and it's outstanding. Well, and I got to say, I, I, was, I was perusing around your website a little bit, and obviously you're selling them very affordably. You, everybody should go buy that record, and then throw on the dogs while you're there, and and Smog Tongue <laughs> Pluto. Honestly, you should probably buy the whole discography. What, what's the name of that? Uh, le- what's the name of that website, Tom? It's just GarageRock.com, right? Uh, garage. Um, garage rock dash records dot dash records. Okay, and, if you Google it, because I just Googled it and it came up, popped right up. So, and, um, um, so and it's, it's so it's not an official garage rock release, but I wanted to save it. You know, I didn't want it to sure. end up dumpster, and I I was like, it's too good to not like, you know, help get these out there. So that's why it's it's, it's super cheap, and you know, uh, a lot of times, you know, if somebody spends money for the with the label you know i'll just throw it in there because you know it needs to be in people's hands and not in a landfill so Dude, you know what's, uh, so what's, hold on a second you know hold on a second i have to ask yeah. this i have to ask this because this is too weird because it's funny how everything comes around so i actually ordered the smog town the gross polluter and the issue of razor cake so i must have ordered them right from you because i ordered them from garage rock like three months ago before i even oh, knew who you funny. were or before you knew who i was so yeah exactly <laughs> so you've got that email from me somewhere and uh, all my payment information it's just weird how that how that whole thing came together so and i told you punk rock is a small community you yeah, know i it's guess a, it's better to make friends than enemies for sure now you well, had very, and it's very rare that you meet somebody who doesn't know like i always talk about that several degrees of separation like if you're a midwesterner it's like three degrees of separation now you're out in la so it's probably more like you know five or six but i'm sure we start digging it doesn't take that long to reach each other as far as mutual friends and that kind of thing you know well you know and like i was saying before we we, you know we started recording is uh you know punk news i was listening to i've been i contributed a bunch of stuff when i was doing you know blood so cans and Oof. and cat party and all that so like i tried to do reviews and stuff i i've always just tried to be involved you know whatever sure. i can do sure um you know and they always say you know uh just do your part you know that's and that's what i've always kind of tried to do focus on so what was the deal with because i was i i got a, i got upset that like the smog town and gross polluter they took so long to come out and then you could just buy like white labels of them up on the ebay or something like that so what was the deal with that they, they seem to be in pre-production or something for a long time well 
Well, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, artists are artists yeah. and, and, you know, you can't put anybody in a box. So we had to, you know, we had issues with getting tapes and, um, uh, finalizing artwork and, and it was just, a honestly, it was just a lot to take on for a one man op yeah, yeah. all at once. Gotcha. And try and stay within deadlines and dealing with pressing plants and uh, getting, you know, confirmation. Um, and, and paying for it out of your pocket at this and, point. And, and, and expenses for sure, you know. And so um, so it, it was just a lot. And I think I kind of overbit a little bit, you know. Um, I, I was just like, you know, when I started a label, I'm like, I'm coming out swinging four releases right off the bat. And it was one release, one release, one release, and then the you know the two releases, and I was like, I'm staying with one release, you know, yeah. from here on out, because it was it was just a lot of, and you know, I did all the artwork, I did all the layout, uh, with the exception of Gross Bluter, that was a uh, Skibs from um, the Stitches, did all that artwork, and it turned out amazing. So, and, well, I but. Know, I... It, the attention to detail on the records, I think, is really impressive, and and you know, like the deluxe versions come with patches and stuff, and it's just, it's just, it's well done. I uh, I, I appreciate those little things, you know. Well, the the patch thing was was one of the very first things that came to mind when I started the label. It's like how you know, because there are so many labels, but how do you stick out and how do you stand apart and you know, some people, some people like it's either, you know, and that's where I kind of go back to being nice, you know, like you <laughs> help each other out. And, you know, like I wanted to ask so many questions, but, and I threw it, threw it out there and a couple of people really bit back. And I think I kind of saw it as competition. Whereas I was just looking from advice from people that I respected and kind of sure. you know, admired. Well, so, and the people who are looking at a competition are, I think, stuck in the old ways, like thinking they're going to get rich doing this stuff or something, right? I, I don't know if – well, I mean, that could definitely play a part. I think one of the I, – I, I don't know if it's ego or if it's – I don't I don't know. It, it should I, be weird. I, you know, I suppose, I, suppose you can't, I suppose you can't entirely rule out people's sort of competitive nature. I mean, well, even I, yeah, I, even I look at I look at Neil and I. It's like, man, we are totally doing this for fun. There's room for everybody. We want to talk to everybody. We want everybody to listen to us. But it, sometimes you think, oh, we want to do a show better than this guy. You know what I mean? There is. It's it's kind of yeah. hard to avoid a little bit of that. But um, yeah. But it, it's. Uh, but yeah, man. I, I I gotta say, I was blown. I I'm blown away by the quality of the stuff that you put out so far. And I kind of hinted at it earlier, but. The fact of the matter is it's very difficult to put out reissues for bands that aren't active because you don't have them out there promoting it for you. So, I, Well, I, the, the one good thing about, and that's where COVID-19 and all that comes in, is, is like once we got everything all set up and the 20-year anniversary and the growth splitter, we finally got, um, you know, we had a tour lined up, a West Coast tour for Gross Polluter, and it was going to be an excellent excuse me, way to get out and, um, you were know, they going to play some or, of the old songs or kind of help to push those old songs again or, Oh yeah. They, they always kind of, um, inter, you know, throw some in, they inject some into their set. So they'll play, you know, three to five tracks from the mm, uh, okay. smog town days, 
so it makes it familiar for everybody but the gris bluter stuff on its own is pretty you know solid and Sure. And that's only the 10 songs on there. I think they got like an 18 song set list for Chris Bluter. So yeah, there's they, even stuff that you haven't heard. Yeah. Cause they have those three singles and the, uh, the singles have got tracks that are not on the, on the album, especially the, mm. those early ones. So on the, on, but on the Smogtown repress of the Furies of the new way of the 20th anniversary, um, what was the deal with completely reordering the track list? Okay. So originally that, that track came out in 2000 or that album came out in 2000. That was Dwayne Peters, uh, disaster label. And that right. was their first release. Right. Mm. He had never done a release before that on his own. So that was the first one. And I think he, the, maybe the producers might've gotten a little heavy handed. That's the way I kind of interpreted, you know, as far as control wise and mm-hmm. sounds and they reordered. And I think, if I remember correctly, I think Ray said that they had basically, you know, he had basically done all the lyrics and stuff there, like in, in the writing process or recording process. I could be wrong, but I think that's kind of like my take on it. And so he had this kind of theme or, um, What's the word I'm looking for? Kind of like a loose story, kind of like, like a loose concept, like a con- like a concept album like a, kind of thing. A, a total concept, yeah. But not like, a but total... not like, not like the wall. I mean, not quite. That. Oh, Tommy, yeah. No, <laughs> but I think I think he had a story that he wanted to tell, and um, in that production and with those producers, I think it, they kind of jumbled it so it didn't fit. And so you're, when I you ruined you, know, you ruined the sequence, yeah. If you, if you had yeah. it in certain, yeah, that's craziness. So um, and when I, you know, I've known Ray for years now, and like I said, I used to do the the website stuff. So I've I've known the band for quite some time, and um, when he proposed it, because I he we were talking about Gross Polluter already, and he's like, well, hey, I've got this idea about, you know, it's been twenty years, and I want to do it right. So that's when we kind of blew everything up from you know let's let's go back to the original recorder we're gonna remix it we'll remaster it you know he, he's like and he told me about the story and how it was out of basically order and i was like well let's let's do it let's do it how you want to do it and then that's when they're like the six page fold out poster he wanted yeah that's that's style. massive i just opened that up yesterday holy cow and, you know, and that inside cover photo is like, you know, we, we talked about <laughs> you want to do something that's, you know, people are going to hang it on a wall and just go, holy shit, who is that? And Guy sitting on a toilet. Yeah. Chip on a toilet, you know, kind of just, you know, it, it kind of glorifies the, the band at that time. And, and that's how I remember them, you know, so and um so that, you know, and then going back to the patch thing, I just wanted to do something really unique for each release, and especially for those record collectors that have to have the number, you know, like. Yeah, the number I, release, yeah. I, colored vinyl and all that. But I was like, I wanted something a little bit more physical and tangible. You know, it's always awesome when you open up a record and you pull out a, a you know, an insert or a stencil or whatever. Yep, stickers stick- or something. Yep. Yeah. Yep. For sure. You know, the more, the better. And you feel like you just get more bang for your buck. And so that's why I was like, you know, and I'm a patch collector. You know, my jacket's covered. And, sure. and I was just like, you know, fuck it. Let's just, I'm going to do a patch for each band. So. So the limiteds all come with a patch and, you know, usually hand signed or done something. And, 
And we did something really special. I got to do a quick little plug in the sense that uh, you asked about the test presses. Yeah. So, you know, I was getting hit up, bombarded left and right. Like, who, who, you know, how are you doing the test presses and when can I get one? And I need to order three and, you know, I need, I need, I need. And I was like, you know what? Uh, my wife is uh, is a dog trainer, and we we do a lot of um, uh, rescue work for uh, German Shepherd uh, rescue in LA. I was like, you know what? I, I really am into giving back. So, of the two two releases, so for the Gross Polluter, um, and the way I figured to to be fair, really was you know. Um, because some people will put them up on the website and they sell out in three minutes and the people in Europe or Australia, they don't, you know, with didn't all get the a time, chance, they, right. Didn't they get, a get a chance. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to put them up. I'm going to do the one thing that everybody's going to hate me for. I'm going <laughs> to put it on eBay. I'm going to give it a 10 day auction. I'm going to do my best to plug the shit out of it and make it known that anybody that wants to get it can get it, you know, or fight for it. Right, and, right, right. And then, the, I'm going to do it where the proceeds are actually going to do some good. So did you make it? The, did you make it known that the proceeds were going? What the proceeds were going towards? Yes. Yeah. That okay. was my. That was my big thing. So the, well, that the, always makes you feel better if you're spending way too much on something. If you know, at least it's going to a good cause, right? <laughs> like we we all go to these things sometimes, and we buy things that we don't need or or spend too much money on because you know it's going to support your local whatever. So yeah, I, I get that. That's cool. Yeah. Well, it's funny because uh, Travis from from Batscape, he's like, hey, man, the charity is you right now. And I'm like, you know, I, I, I get it. And I we, I laughed, but I was like, no, like, let's do some good with this. So, the Chris- I mean, I, I don't know that I disagree with your buddy. I mean, you're trying to get this upstart label going here. You're probably just hemorrhaging money out of your own pocket to get it started. But, but yeah. I mean, I appreciate the sentiment. But, you know, but at the same time, it's like, you know, I, I, I just, I, I'm me. I, I just don't know how to. I, sure. I do things differently and I do it with passion. So, uh, but one of the things, so the gross polluter, uh, part of the benefits went to, uh, raise cake who are, you know, obviously uh 401 K or not for one. Um, they're a charitable nonprofit. Yeah. And Five, you know, they could always use some ducats and then the, uh, small town test presses, which were really cool. We had the original photo photographer, Scrooging, um, did uh neil did all of his friends have cooler names than our friends you ever notice that yeah i'm gonna have to change my name like all his <laughs> friends have cool names screw gene i love that <laughs> uh but he's a fantastic photographer did all the original um shots of smog town back in the early days mm-hmm. and uh and so i was like let's let's do something really artsy so or and, and ray brought up the concept as well we kind of you know teamed up together and and made the execute he's like why don't we do one of you know one of a kind uh, portrait shots of you know Eugene's photos and do sign a number you know by the artist and and that way each one is unique not only being a test press but then you get this piece of art with it too so mm. that made it really special and the part of the proceeds went to the the German Shepherd Rescue and you know we raised a couple hundred bucks for each release mm. so. It was cool. it was it was a good thing, and good, I think everybody thought it was a fair shot, and um, and and it, was, and it was a really good experience, you know. So, hmm. and now we're just trying to press the uh, push the record and get some touring going when everything falls back in line, and um, they're doing um, 
the the hopefully when everything gets back, Gross Polluter had a scheduled tour with the Slaughter Boys, and who are they're on my radar. I want them so bad. They are <laughs> great guys. Um, they are awesome. Uh, I can't wait for you guys to uh, hear them. Well, talking about that, do you want to play a track by them right now? I definitely do. How so about that I, for a segue? <laughs> it goes something like this. was the song sedatives by the slaughter boys tell us a bit about them so yeah i was sorry i would mean, actually well yeah no go ahead sorry i'll, I'll go later go ahead you have to Talk go to the bathroom again do you no i'll let you know i'll send you a text <laughs> hey i'm pissing dude don't ask don't call on me keep this thing going would you keep it rolling yeah so tell us about <laughs> tell us about the slaughter boys my friend slaughter boys a three-piece band and i'm a sucker for three pieces but a three-piece mm. band from San Diego that when I heard they they got a full length on No Front Teeth Records out of uh, uh, England, 
and it's hands down one of my favorite records of 2019 wow. it is just front to back uh you know ripper and um it, you obviously heard from sedatives it's uh good guys and um they they work they want to work they want to tour and they just did like last year they did like you know san diego band they go on tour with the lewd in new york mm. you know for four gigs and you know and they're just that band uh i can't wait to work with them good guys um yeah i i nothing but positive things to say about them so okay now why uh, are all why are all these san diego bands like uh gross polluter being one and slaughter boys being another why are they signing for this label out of uh out of england what's up with that no front teeth uh, Marco was in a bunch of bands and I, I think, I'm not sure if he came over here originally, but I mean, he did broken bottles. He's done stitches. He's done. He did, uh, I, think, I believe he's doing the English releases of a band from Detroit called the devious ones that I really like a power pop band. I think he does lots of stuff. He does. He does lots of stuff and he's highly active. He's got a brand new band that just released, uh, I think a tra- their album or a track yesterday called a uh, vacuum. So check them out. But mm. he was in like the Gaggers and um, a bunch of other stuff. And I haven't, I've only dealt with them as far as like email and stuff, but comes across in his reputation, if that's anything. He sounds like a great guy mm. uh, and good to work with. And um, he's just really uh, into the, you know, into the scene. Yeah, we need <laughs> more of that. So, so, if I can make an observation slash, you know, uh, my my thoughts, once again, trying to plug this specifically, the Small Town and the Dogs album. I actually haven't got a chance to listen to... No, I did. I finally listened to Gross Polluter, but I was only like half paying attention because I was in and out of the room. But those two albums especially I love. And actually, the Mike Hudson album, too, is amazing. And that, that version of Detention Home, right, Neil? Yes, amazing it's version amazing, of that isn't Dead Boys song. It's like, yeah. a, it's like the Lost, De- Lost Dead Boys song that never made it onto one of their studio albums. And it's tremendous. And, of course, they're all Cleveland guys, so it kind of it kind of works. Um, I actually learned about the Pagans from their cover, from the Meat Men's cover of What's This Shit Called Love? Mm, and yeah, I, yeah. Work my, I work my way backwards, and I love the Pagan stuff. But anyway, so the thing I want to say about smog town and the dogs these bands like the dogs were from 94 to 98 and yep. smog town was like late 90s early 2000s and if you told me those bands were from the mid 80s i would believe you and and oh, i yeah. and that is the style and neil and i both love that era i mean we have different kind of fields of expertise like he he doesn't like anything heavy and i don't particularly care for most scots like first wave Scott does stuff, but, but our like common ground is like that mid, mid early eighties, punk, hardcore, skate punk, that kind of stuff. And that's what this sounds like to me. Like I said, if you told me that smog town fears of the new wave was a lost down from 1985, I would totally believe it. Yeah. And, uh, it's just, it's great, great stuff. And I, yeah. matter of fact, the other day at work, I spent the whole day listening to like broken bottles on Spotify. And I remember liking them like 15 years ago, but never really dug into them that much. But man, it's, it's such good stuff. I mean, it's very, it's, it's, it's really heavily like early social D influence, but it's so good. You don't even, you don't even care that it's sort of aping that sound, you know, just good, good stuff. Yeah. And, and, and really, to be honest with you, great people too. Like my best friends, you know, like Hmm. I, I just, everybody, like I said, everybody's unique in their own way, but 
they're all good people. And the scene down here is just so small. I mean, it, we live in California and there it should be like, you know, this vast, uh, you know, group of people. But when you, when it comes down to it, it the, the field is really, really small and, mm. you know, and and as long I, as guess, you have a I good, guess that's the advantage to not being in LA proper maybe, huh? Yeah, it does. You have your own little its... kind of your own little universe, sort of. Well, the one thing I failed to mention too earlier is that lull of time that I wasn't doing bands. I actually started. I was. I had my own, uh, you know, production company. So I was doing Headache Productions and booking. I was a booker and promoter for that good ten years that I wasn't doing band stuff. So mm. I was always involved. And that kind of opened up a lot of doors as far as field of communication. And I really just tried to pride myself on putting on good shows with bands that I would want to see and pay to go see and make sure that the bands got paid and the venue got paid and didn't get destroyed. And if I made a couple bucks off of it, awesome. But it usually went right back in the kitty to find the next show and book the next room. So. Well, you're but, you're as good a businessman as we are. Never thinking, <laughs> never even considering any like financial stuff. Just like plunge forward, man. Let's do it. Um, yeah, and, and that's and, why that's why I think people could take our word for it when we say these are good records and you should buy them because we're not, you know, we're not being paid to endorse this label. We just Neil and I, Neil discovered it independently, and the fact that we've come together with you is actually actually just like it's just sort of a weird like. Uh, what do they call that? Serendipity, really. Yeah, right? serendipity. So, I, I, and actually, let's get into that a little bit. So, Jason, tell us, how did we get in touch with you the first time? I mean, obviously, I'd ordered these records off you, but we didn't know each other. I mean, well, you, you yeah. said you you said you said listened to the Punk News podcast, right? The uh, the OG, the OG I, podcast. I, so, I had been, I am, because my work allows me to, you know, I, I do best as an artist to, you know, listen to music and podcasts. So, I'm a big podcast person and, and Howard Stern, but... Oh, uh, Miss Howard. I, Miss Howard. Oh God, I can't, I can't, I can't do without it. So, but I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I, you know, I listened to the Punk News one forever. Uh, I think pretty much from the beginning, and then I really enjoyed hearing you and your take on things. And I would always hear the comments, "Oh, here comes Liverpool Neil writing <laughs> in again." And the funny thing is, is I always pretty much 99% of the time agreed with Neil or Neil's take on it. There you go. And Smart man. So, so, <laughs> but, and John used to kill me cause he kept pronouncing Guida and it's Judah. And I would just scream, hey, is my, you know, his pronunciation of Malcolm McLaren killed me the most. Oh yeah. So, and it's just like, and I listen. So I, I absorb everything. But as soon as I heard that you guys were doing your own thing, I was like, I've got to listen to this. So I started listening to that, and then that's when I heard um, you plug the Gross Polluter record, and yeah. I'm I'm like I did get a, a, a an order from Neil because I have everything's all automated. So I'm like, oh, I could see it. So I went back and I saw what you ordered. I was like, no way, it's yeah. a small world. And it uh, really is a small. It really is a small world, right? Yeah. So and then um, uh, I'm sorry, I lost sight again. Um, where was I going? How, uh, how you how, how you got turned on to our podcast yeah oh yeah, yeah yeah so and then you know once you plug that that's when i i reached out and i said hey by the way thanks for plugging you know ghost See, we, were, we were plugging it before we even knew you were a good dude or anything <laughs> <laughs> well i appreciate that so 
um yeah we got some records to sell so plug away so yeah de- yeah definitely like i said we are just we're doing this because we we like it we have no you know we're we're we are guys much like yourself who work for a living and everything else is just sort of, you know, help us uh, deal with the world around us. This is our little, our little joy, you know, and yeah. it's, it's so weird. Well, especially especially the, right the now. World is, yeah. yeah. The world is falling apart, but meanwhile, it's been nothing but opportunity for us, which is craziness, right? Because all these bands who would be on tour are, are thrilled to talk to anybody right now to do any kind of promotion they can do. So it's honestly, the sky's the <laughs> sky's the limit for our little show, you know? And yeah, uh, well, I think, and I listening. think, and I think that you, you know, now you've hung out with us for, I don't know how long, an hour and a half or whatever you, you know, it's just, we, I, I think we've gotten pretty good at putting people at ease. It's just like, Hey man, just come on, you know, talk to us about, talk to us about whatever. So yeah, whatever you want. Yeah, yeah that's true. Pretty yeah. much. Well, and, uh, I have to say I was a little anxious and before all this, and it's been really easy to talk to you guys and God, I mean, like the stories I could tell, I've got so many i want to share but we'll do uh, yeah, <laughs> don't hold back dude <laughs> let's hear the best ones uh, <laughs> oh. you might want to hear some music first but uh, yeah oh yeah, and yeah. Another how, thing how many too, songs Tom, oh sorry go ahead two songs left uh, tom you talk about michigan so much and i was trying to okay, plug you're, a you're michigan sagging. band dude you're sagging you're good man you should have your own podcast all right you're sagging <laughs> go ahead but uh, the, the the other track I wanted to play for you because I wasn't sure if you're uh, you know aware of them or if they were in your wheelhouse. But there's this great band that I've been trying to get in Communicado to to uh, come tour out here, and a guy named Gary. Uh, he's a singer of this band, Cinecide, um, out of Detroit. How do you spell it? C i n e c y d e, like cinema. And homicide. Oh, yeah, um, that does not ring a bell with me. Anyway, that's all right. But I think they formed in like 76, 77. Wow. Proto punk, uh, you know, out of Michigan. And Oh, they're from Clawson, a little northern suburb. Huh, interesting. They're still playing. So if you get a chance, check them out. Because I've been trying to get them to Southern California for about the last year. So, hmm. and, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, economics and all that. But I really want to get them out here. Um, but you should check out this track. It's called Better Dead.
All right. Better dead by cinicide. How did that slip under my radar? I wonder. Do you uh, are you familiar with the Detroit Dogs at all? Yes, and actually, when I put out the oh, the other, Mike Hudson thing. That's right. That's right. I'm sorry. There's a connection there. I put out the other dogs. They actually did hit me up and would say, "Hey, you're not putting out a live recording of us." And I had to, you know, basically <laughs> say, "No, this is a completely different band." And and sorry, Discogs has like, I mean, I think, I think like there's a lot. I think the dogs the dogs like, that you put out, I think, is the 11th dogs on Discogs, and I don't know how many there are total, but yeah, there's yeah, a bunch. Right. Because, um, um, so. yeah, those Detroit dogs, they were another one from that era that kind of slipped under the radar. But I think some of them might live in California or they have a strong connection to California because they play out there pretty regularly, even though I don't think they play much, period. But that's Oh, right. that's so wild. I just got a text message from uh, or uh, a message from Terry and he said he resubmitted that that MP3 that I was going to um tell you earlier but i actually already subbed it so we'll have to wait till podcast two there you go that's all what good. The, so so what's so looking forward what do you okay you want to do the blood the blood soaked hands thing you're hoping to give that a proper release or you're just that's kind of a wait and see what else i mean is there anything else you want to share with us or is everything kind of pending and um, you don't want to kind of well, jinx anything i got i got a lot of perspectives and a lot of good things coming up i it's really the uncertainty of the times now Mm. Um, but I, I'm, I'm rooting, I'm rooting for myself and, and hopefully <laughs> we can make it, all this happen. I got the, the next big one. I mean, I don't want to shoot myself in the foot, but I'm doing a split, uh, with a band, my old ca- band cat party. Uh, we did a split with this band from Sweden called cut city. And mm. so the next release I'll actually be doing is cut city split with, um, a band called Mine Rider, and they're one's post-punk and one's really heavy San Diego-ish Gravity Records kind of. Uh, uh, it features Sonny K from GSL Records. I don't know if you remember them, but mm-hmm. it's his band. He's got credits with Cattle Decapitation and a bunch. Uh, oh, real heavy stuff. Uh, yeah, super heavy stuff. So it's kind of like a, a best of both worlds on one seven inch. So it's going to be two tracks each and kind of like just breaking the whole, you know, lumping in genres deal. I'm like, let's, let's get artsy with it. So that's on, that's on the, uh, chopping block. Um, I really want to, I'm plugging in again. I really want to work with slaughter boys. Uh, I, I love their work ethic. They're, sister band um the widows down in san diego uh we'll be doing something with them and then um i, I really 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 want to and i'm talking with dano now but uh, i'll also be hopefully um putting out uh, a new shiners club release and if you're not familiar with shiners club Let's talk about Dude, it. Dude, you are very good, because that is the uh, last track that you wanted to play. Shine is Club, and I'm actually just looking them up on Discogs right now, and I am loving that album cover for Can't Have Nice Things. Yeah, Shiner's Club. Yeah. We need, to, we need to talk a little bit in depth. One, they're Long Beach local sure. band. You can, listen, you can they're, give as long intro as long yeah. intro as you want, man. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, but they're, they're, they're it's a... You know, they're too humble to say it, so I'll say it for them. They are a superstar group. Um, Dano uh, on vocals, he was in 
411 and God forgot and um, God, I'm going to know for an answer. And um, he's a hardcore legend. And on guitar, they have John Coyle, who was uh, the guitarist for one of the early bands that used to play with the Hitties all the time, kind of bringing it all cir circle. But he was the original lead singer for Outspoken. And um, then the bass player was in Mean Season and um, I think Kill Holiday. I'm not sure about the other one. And then uh, Doug McKinnon, the drummer, he was in Love Canal, Orange County Band. Mm -hmm. He was the drummer for the Vandals. So it's kind of like a big assortment, but they kind of have like a, a, a hardcore with a swagger kind of um, vibe to them. And, mm -hmm. and it's all about the show. They're, they just did a one of the last shows here um, before lockdown was with Black Flag and um, a bunch of other bands at the Garden Amphitheater, which is like a big outside 200-seat amphitheater, public amphitheater, and it's just been blowing up. They've been doing some really awesome stuff there. And uh, and they went there and they killed it. They just they slayed the stage. And they just they're all about bringing the, the fire and the energy and they want to tour, and they just they they bring the heat. <laughs> and after they brought the heat and the energy, Black Flag came and killed came and the heat and the energy. Came and started doing a Grateful Dead style punk <laughs> yeah. jam session. And everybody, yeah. went <laughs> and everybody went home sad. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what I don't know. Uh, I don't want to like diss on them too hard, but it's just not. It's nothing I'm into. That's so. okay. We can't. You know, we're not going to get into you're, trouble. You're not so. into theremin solos. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Um, not good. So, somebody, I'll, man, I'll man, some, so, yeah. Meanwhile, Greg, again, if you'd like to come on, we'd love to have you, buddy. We'd love to have you. Be <laughs> thrilled to talk to you. We diss everybody, uh, and then uh, we diss everybody. But I always like to, you know, we we literally spend a, you know, the show, the show, kind of semi dissing on Bill Stevens. And meanwhile, I love Bill Stevenson. I love to have, I'd love to talk to him any chance I get. So, yeah, so, <laughs> so I'm killing the show, is what you're saying. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, show, we did a show with Blood Soaked Hands with uh, Greg Ginn and. And you know he was which, which he was, band like but, like a so like his solo band or like like well it, it was Greg Ginn but he was doing obviously he did a lot of Black Flag stuff and it was like this big punk festival and there was like twelve bands and then like he literally showed up he was the headlining band he showed up ten minutes beforehand got on stage and and basically left the moment that he was gone. And I remember trying to go like, hey, hey, you know, you know, big fan and and, and he just walked off. So I was like, yeah, it just kind of rubbed me wrong. That and, see that that, that, that sounds so, about right. That actually is surprising because that's exactly the opposite of the experience I had with him. They oh, were really? playing this they were playing this, you know, non nonchalant non-noticeable non non-classic venue in lansing and i went and saw him this is the mike delaley era you know not five years ago or whatever and he stood in the crowd and watched the opening band and shook hands and took the time to talk to everybody that seemed to want to talk to him including myself i mean i really didn't have anything intelligent to say i talked to him for like two minutes was this but, after 2003 yes Okay. This would have been like, it was like five years ago. Oh, okay. I, I, it was the, it was I, the very last I, incarnation before. They were supposed to be touring this year. I assume all that's canceled. But it was the last incarnation that toured the Mike Vallely. They were, okay. they were okay. They were okay. 
But that was one of the things I went kind of circling back to. That was one of the things that always kind of reiterated was it was that ex- one of the, it was that experience and a couple others, but it was that experience that kind of just put that be nice thing like, like in the back of my head. Like, yeah, because I remember how I felt. It's not like it hurt my feelings or anything, but I was just like, I just recalled saying to myself, if the roles were reversed, I would never do that to anybody. So. Yeah. You want to, I mean, you want to like the, you want to like the musicians you like, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's helpful. It makes you, it gives you a a level of loyalty beyond just liking the music. Yeah. You know, like, 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 for example, now that we know you a little bit, I like the records you put out, but now that I liked you too, it kind of puts it at another, you know, it just, it just adds another element to it, another, another layer to it. So, um, no, so, uh, get it, get it back on the, um, Shine is club. Shine club. I don't want to. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, I, I'm man. sorry. Let's interrupt this love fest to talk a little <laughs> music, shall we? <laughs> yeah. Um. So, so, but this one's called. I'm gonna. I want to play Shiner's Club. It's off that album that Neil spoke of, and it's called Drip, 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 and it is an awesome track. And here it is.
So that was Shiner's Club with Drip, Drip, Drip off the album Can't no. Have Nice Things. And it's got a no, killer was... sleeve. In fact, I might buy it just for the sleeve. Now, that was a classic Punk Till I Die song intro because they ended up getting like a 15-minute song intro because we got so far off the rails during the course of your... Uh... We did. Introducing it, it went to Greg Ginn. It went everywhere. All about is wandering through the wandering through the desert. Yeah. So where are we at, Neil? Catch me up. Where are we at? I was about to tell a Black Flag story too, but I guess that wouldn't that doesn't even fit right here. So momentum's dead now, huh? Richie, Black Flag momentum. Let let me ask you. So you've 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 talked about broken bottles a few times, Mm. and um, is there any reason why you're not selling any broken bottle stuff? Well, it's um, as far as like uh, being on on the label. Well, the, well, no, no. The reason I ask is because you've mentioned the Batskates a couple times, and I just checked out the Batskates website, and Batskates mm-hmm. is selling a ton of broken bottles vinyl, and I'm just wondering well, how because you know. that that is that's Travis from that's Travis that's Jesse's brother. Oh, um, okay, that makes sense then. Okay. Yeah, all in the family. We all grew up down in San Juan together. And, gotcha. You know, Cat Party and Broken Bottles kind of played together all the time, and so we have a you know a really good our you know our wives are friends, so yeah, we have a really you know close connection. And um, the, he, the he did the bottle stuff, and they were on No Front Teeth, and so hence that's you know through communication that's how the dog scene came about and. We actually are going to do a Garage Rock Bottles release, um, I think in Halloween. Um, it's from an old press, but we're going to do a limited, you know, um, RIP Jesse edition. Mm-hmm. So that'll be coming out soon. That'll be cool. Okay. Yeah, because I was actually thinking of ordering one of these, uh, one, of, one of the versions of the Hospital album that's on here, but I just wanted to make sure it was all legit and stuff like that. Oh, you're a hundred. You'll probably get a nice care package because Travis is the nicest dude possible. So. Did, did you? Did is was there? So you mentioned the Bronx earlier. Is there a connection between Broken Bottles and the Bronx? I'm not really that. It's not really my strong suit knowing these bands' connections. Um, the connection, if there was a connection directly, is because Matt's really cool, nice guy, super nice, and we all know each other you know, from shows and whatnot. Okay, but okay. That connection would probably be Hostage because Matt was the singer of The Drips, which was on Hostage. Mm. And Broken Bottles and The Drips uh, 45s came out just about the same time. Mm. So that would be the closest connection that I know of. So but... another, stu- another stupid question then. So the Broken Bottles, did they 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 kind of split up once once Jess died? Is that, was that, was that what I'm... Yeah, yeah. Okay. Jess, Jess was because they were the actually only around. They were actually only around for a real short period of time. The broken bottles. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe five years or so. I don't know. I can't remember. Looking <sighs> at disc guys, at least you know their output was over a pretty short period of time. Yeah, I mean they probably had a good solid four or five year run where they were like producing you know records because they were on TKO and No Frontier yep, yep. and Hostage, yep. so they had a you know a definite good run. And yeah. great guys, too. I mean, they had a bunch of different lineup changes and stuff, but, um, you know, for the most part, everybody was just humble hmm. and awesome to work with and, you know, can't say enough positive stuff. Hmm. And but- if you haven't heard Poor Me, that's one of my favorite. Besides Gothic Chicks, which is one of their, you know, uh, more notable, like, uh, 
riffy songs, but they do a great song called Poor Me, and I love that song. Yeah, too. Poor Me, Poor Me, Pour Me Another Drink. Well, that one? Well, the, I, yeah. say, I yeah. love the fact that all this stuff, and I, it's, and I don't know anything about the specific area you're in, but you know, we think of California, we think of LA as being so sort of politically correct, and you seem to like... <laughs> much like Neil and myself, you seem to be drawn towards the bands that don't really give a crap about political correctness. You know, I think broken bottles are a good example of that. I don't know that some of their songs would fly in this day and age, but maybe that's why oh, we love them. No. Yeah. You know, and Jesse was such an eccentric um, person, you know, cause they, you know, they, they, they were known for, you know, using drugs and, and having fun. And, but I think that was all part of the, the creativeness and, that art you know and he uh you know he was just such an interesting cat you know you could tell by like some of the illustrations on the back of the dogs and i don't i hope that your inserts had like the pamphlets but those were all his drawings Hmm. and uh he uh you know just a an interesting cat a lovable you know lovable dude and just a good friend and you know i miss the shit out of him and uh Hmm. So that's why I you know, kind of always plug them when I can. It, yeah, it's, so. a, it's actually interesting because one of the um, Gross Polluter singles I bought from the UK, I believe, you know, when you're buying stuff off Discogs, you know, Tom and I always talk about this, but you look at other stuff that the, that the shop has or the person has to see if you can save on shipping. And um, one of the combined things I shipping, got, man. yeah, That's combined shipping. Um, one of the things I got, I got uh, a broken bottles forty five. I got Bloody Mary on red vinyl. Oh yeah, which is. Uh, that's a that's that's a great i'd forgotten how much i like broken bottles until i until i got that and put it on and it's got the classic line was that a pop to cherry in the cemetery, in the cemetery yeah. <laughs> well that was the thing about chess just i mean it, it was crazy because you'll see like on the photos of on the on the dogs you know half the photos they're all taken in the san juan cemetery that's where they used to hang out and drink mm-hmm. you know like that's where they would party and when they write songs about it like that's why the dogs were so scary. Like, I mean, and when I was, you know, I think I was 19 at the time and I was like, who are these guys? And, you know, they would, they would come in and they brought the danger factor. Did you, you know, uh, did you read the, did you read the insert, Neil? Cause it, no, actually, I didn't. you read the, you read, you should read the insert. Cause there's a little anecdotal story about how, how scary they kind of were, how they were sort of, everybody was, sort was of scared of them in the scene. And that was written by Gabe from Starvations, and he was a first-hand accountant. He 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 put out that record, the Revenge record, mm. and you know, and they used to play the, the Starvations and the Dogs used to play together, and two different genres altogether. But yeah, mm. you read that detail, and he's an author, so he he's such a wordsmith that when we decided to put out the Dogs record, we could think of no better person than to share that story. And, and write it down and make it legible where mm. you could understand it. But that's just kind of like a snippet of, of you know, what it was like. And they, huh. you know, it was dangerous rock and roll, you know. Great The stuff. rock and roll cat killers. Yeah, rock and roll. Yeah, cat. It, that, I saw actually, that seven yeah. inch. I might have to go hunt that seven inch down too. There's not too many of them available. So which, which Neil one? doesn't beat me to it. Which one? That rock and roll cat killers. That was the name of their seven inch. Because that's really their their discography is the record. That Richie put out in the seven inch. And the seven inch, yeah. That's yeah, that's the extent of it. There's I think there's a couple other songs, but you know, nothing 
besides a four track recording of them. So yeah, there but... is some, there is some trace. You can find the EP online. I, um, it's on like YouTube or something. I can't remember, but you can, you can actually find that or it's on maybe some services or something. So, um, I don't know. Maybe we're we're probably reaching that precious two hour mark where especially, only especially with the music, yeah, it's going to be where we only where we over. only let rarefied guests get to. So maybe we wrap <laughs> it up. Maybe we start wrapping it up, and we and when you have some more stuff out later in the year, we do it again. Yeah, and for then sure. We can hear I, we can hear we can hear some of your stories about uh, you know taking drugs and waking up naked in the middle of a golf course or something. Oh, well, cemetery. Uh, since, since since this time we fall, you know, we kind of stuck to the straight and narrow, kind of stuck just to the facts. Well, uh, next time we want to hear some you know drug-addled stories. Plus, that's not your thing. Uh, I, well, I do love a good drink, but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll leave go. everything else behind. All right, um, sounds sounds yeah. good. I just but want he, to say thank you. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. Uh, I can't say it enough. Uh, helping plug the the label and listening to to me for two hours. So um, no, I'd love to listen, come back. And we got some good stuff coming up. And I'd love to plug it. And you know, I, I def- had a definitely, time, man. So. It was it was it was really good to meet you. Like I said, we've had some correspondence, but we never. We've never met in the flesh, and and I will say this, and I know Neil will say it too. We, uh, I mean, I know this label's only been around for two years, but you definitely have some fans of us in the label. And said we are not, we are not being coerced in any way to say this. We just, I, I really like what you're doing, and I think, based on what I've heard so far, I suspect the aesthetic of what you like is so close to what we do that we're probably going to be interested in whatever you got coming out. Wouldn't you assume that my English friend, my old English friend? No, definitely. I mean, it's, it's, it's rare that you'll get a, a package with like four or five albums and singles and stuff like that. And, and you'll like everyone, everything, even though they're all different genres, which has been interesting. There's yeah. some post-punk, there's, you know, there's classic rock and roll, there's whatever, but everything has been super solid that I've, that I've listened to so far. So yeah, it's unusual and it's great. You know, you're, and, you're, and you're, I love. I would say I love the reissues. I love to discover a band that I never heard before, like this Dogs thing. I, I just, you know, man, I, I totally missed the boat on them. Obviously, and and they were kind of a regional band, I'm sure at the time. But, uh, and I know those kind of records are especially hard to bring to life because you don't have as many promotional opportunities. So everybody all, should check this out. Check all, out this Dogs record. All I would say, Richie, is try and convince some of these bands to tour outside of California, huh? It's. <laughs> Oh my I god, would love, that's my number would, one plug right now. Yeah. Let's get Gross Paluta out here. Shit, they can stay with me if they want. I don't care. What, but let's, let's, we've really literally done like two full podcasts, and one of them isn't even out yet. We'll be out soon, where we just played songs by bands of tours that have been canceled that we were supposed to go see. Right. So. Yeah, no shit. Well, uh, I'd love to send you like a little, you know, list of who I think's good and who i think you should check out uh for sure because there's a lot that are definitely kind of getting you know overlooked and especially the can't tour right now yeah uh so i'll send you like a little that sounds good man that sounds cool but it might take us two years to get through it i have so much every every you know how it is with music every time you discover a new band it leads you to two more bands right that's true absolutely i've been on a huge broken bottles kick and i'm like part of me is like wow these guys should have been probably bigger but that early 2000s was not a real big punk era you know at least beyond the like crappy pop punk radio stuff of like newfound glory but they they were like they did a tour in japan and they the japanese just loved them they went nuts for them so yeah it is unfortunate that you know they didn't get to keep it going and obviously that jess isn't here anymore so you know 
but great band nevertheless so definitely check them out so so let's um so give the give the website one more time your website one more time so everybody can come check you out and check out your records and uh that was so it's i'm sorry you go ahead and do it it's got a dash it's a it's a it's garage rock uh one word dash records.com and i kind of like it's it's garage rock r&r which stands for records and rarities um because i'm into a lot of different stuff so i'm trying to make the store not just records but you know collectible posters and just stuff that i've kind of gathered over the years and you know friends artwork so it's kind of like a little bit of everything and that's going to be building now that i have a lot more time you know and plus i'm just a collector and you know especially from like tang days and and Mm. you know all old flyers and old posters so um keep checking back that's going to be building up Uh, it's it's been kind of slow because the label side has taken so much time but now that we're you know have a lot of extra time when we're not working i'll be updating the site here shortly and now it's going to be expanding yeah and the and and the price is a really good too i mean if you get a garage rock t-shirt i think they're like 10 or 12 bucks or something ridiculous yeah 12 bucks 15 with shipping and you know, records I, records I, are fif- records are fifteen bucks, which, like I said, the attention to detail. I mean, that's a really well, I, so much I, I cheaper. That too. Dude, real, so, real dude, reasonable. Do so much cheaper. Like the the cat party LP is like nine bucks. There yeah, you know. I tried to make everything affordable. I mean, you know, within reason, and you know, I, as long as I make enough to to maintain and can recoup once everything gets back to normal, um, you know, that'll keep keep it going and. And, well, I see you uh, get a little more aggressive. I see you try to make enough to keep putting out more stuff, which I know you are doing. So, I, I, I'm trying. I'm definitely trying. So, all right, I appreciate cool. the support, and uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you guys, and awesome meeting you. And I can't wait for further uh, future interactions. And uh, you know, let's keep going. Definitely, definitely, man. man. Definitely. definitely, we enjoyed yep. it very much. So. All right, we're going to say goodbye to everybody. So, yeah, Punk Till I Die podcast on Facebook and Punk Till I Die 77 at gmail.com. Yep. So check out Garage Rock and we will all, uh, Garage Rock Records, and we will talk to you all soon. Yep, talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye, Stay guys. safe. See ya.